thing. A few things that come to mind is the speck in the plank. You know, yeah. everybody deals with something. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And I think for people to say, oh, you did this, X, Y, Z, we know right from wrong. Maybe right. you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you made a mistake. Uh, but to crucify you for that, I think I think is a wrong thing for sure. And let something make or break you. Yeah. You know, that that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Uh, that's with anything in life. A lot of things are going to happen to you. What are you going to do? Is right. it going to break you or is it going to make you a better person? Absolutely. Learn from your mistakes and grow from that. Mm-hmm. What is going on, guys? Dr. Jared Nelson in the house. The podcast, The Better Man. Where you can never be perfect, but you can always be better. Today we have a very special guest with us today, Miller Clayton. What's going on, dude? What's up, brother? How are What's you? What's up, man? Very glad to have you on. A lot of business experience. We're going to dive deep dive into the business side of things on this one. Very, very excited about it, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Very, very excited. So I start off with this. You're in the gym. You're chilling. And somebody sees you and they're like, I know you from somewhere. I know you. Where do I know you from? Most people are going to say that they know me as the car wash guy. I'm the car wash guy. So Washbox Car Wash, that's where I'm from. Right. So go ahead and dive in on that. Uh, We'll go ahead and start with that. So you have a car wash business. Yes, sir. I know a little bit of background about um, doing the business and everything, but what kind of, what is the origins in that? How did you start and go and start off with that? Started, uh, I think I've been in the industry 11 years now. I think this is my 11th year. I'm starting to get lose track on it to be honest with you uh-huh. um i uh started when i was in college um i started a car wash down in uh linlock alabama when i was at jsu um started off there uh from the ground from the ground when i say from the ground i think i would started out making seven seventy five an hour yeah. uh, working on the line just uh trying to make something and uh you know, I got, got started then and just kept on going with it. And uh, I ended up graduating from JSU uh, with my political science degree. And I remember telling my parents, I said, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to try this car wash thing out. And they were, they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. you're, you need to go into law. I had just got my political science degree so that, you know, they were trying to push me to go into law. And I just said, hey, look, I'm going to take a shot at this and let's see what happens. And so far, it's been a blessing. So. It has been growing, and uh, mm-hmm. I use it myself. It's actually a really good appreciate college. It. Thank I, you so yeah, much. Appreciate yeah, that. I'm a uh, monthly subscriber. There you yeah. go. Appreciate <laughs> that. We appreciate that. So talk about that, man. A lot of people in college, they're trying to go into business, and their family kind of is like, no, don't do that. Take the safe route. Like, go to college or uh, get an advanced degree, do all that. What would you say to people like that? You know, I was telling my wife the other day, if I could have, you know, I want to say that my degree obviously meant a lot you know what i mean um obviously it's important but i look back on it and sometimes i think you know i see some of these guys that are doing plumbing or they're laying brick or they're contractors and you know they work their hands and those guys they they make some money you know and uh sometimes i look back and i'm like "Ah, i wish maybe i wouldn't have gone to college but at the same time you know i'm i'm blessed that i have that degree and i obviously i think it's helped me um in, in the professional world but um you know, looking back on it, if I could, if I could go back, I probably would, but I, I'm not quite sure to be honest with you on when it comes to college and stuff like that. So what was the question? I'm not sure what you said was the question. It's all good. So people, you know, a lot of parents, like you said, you you went and told your parents, like, I'm going to go 
uh, I'm not going to advance my degree, right. get a law degree and all that. And a lot of parents are like, no, especially I think probably our parents, because they were bit, like during their generation, mm-hmm. if you didn't go, if you went to college, that was really a big thing. Yeah. Now more business come up and all that is a big deal. So what would you say to people that graduate and then like, I have a business idea, I kind of want to pursue, they're in their 20s, you know, early 20s. Yeah. Push for it. Go for it. You know, um, if, if I would have listened to everybody when I was younger, you know, I had my son when I was young, getting out of high school. So if I would have, if I would have started listening to those people then, then I wouldn't be where I am today, you know, um, and I still got a long way to go. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I have a lot of dreams and a lot of hopes that I, I want to achieve in the car wash game. But I would always say, you know, if you think you can do something well and you're good at it and you know you can do it and you got a dream for it, then go for it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm completely after that. You know, people were telling me not to go into the car wash industry. Like I said, my parents were big against it. You know, they wanted me to go back in. And uh, at the time when I had just graduated from JSU, I actually we were just opening up a car wash in Southside where, where we're from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was big because I was just getting out of college and, you know, I was, I was managing this side and I was bouncing back and forth between the other washes that we had. So this was kind of a little bit of stability for me. Um, and me and my wife had just gotten married um, and we had just bought a house in Southside. So we were, you know, everything was kind of happening in Southside and, you know, that was kind of a dream for me to come back home, you know, and uh, put up a wash and, and do it back home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there for a little bit. We opened that up. We were very successful and we were blessed with that. And so I was blessed to meet the partners that I have. Um, and, uh, they've been really good to me. My owners are great. And, uh, you know, we've, they've kind of allowed me to really do what I do. Um, and they, they set back, um, they, uh, one of them's a doctor and the other two are, are general contractors. So this was a investment plan for them and yeah. they needed somebody to be able to run it. Um, and, uh, I've been blessed to be able to do it the way I think is best. And, you know, the things that we've been able to, or I've been able to see over the past 11 years on what, what is good, what's bad, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, I've been blessed with a partner that allows me to, uh, to do that. So I I would always say, go for it, man. If you got a dream, you got something you want to push, absolutely push it. And I mean, the worst thing can happen is it doesn't work out Keep trying. Go to something else. Keep right. pushing. I mean, what else do you have to lose? Right, especially early 20s. I mean, you have time to fail. Absolutely. You know, even people 40s, 50s, they go on some random business journey and become multimillionaires, whatever. Um, and it's not always about the money, but it, but it's definitely definitely good to have. Right. But I think a lot of people do that, and they're scared to take the risk. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you feel like the risk is worth it, especially if you're young? I feel like it is. Honestly. I mean, yeah. So, I again, I, I was... Uh, I was really blessed with how it worked out with me. I was mm. I was with a company for a long time when I first started at Linlock. They had a wash in Jacksonville, um, and we were I was I was doing a lot of running around. Um, and the partner or the the owner that I had, he was a great man. Um, and he really took care of me. It was back when I was really grinding. I had just had my son. I was working every hour that he could give me. I was working 40 hours a week. And like I said, I, when I first started, it was at 775. I mean, I was, I was on the ground. Right. Um, so to talk about that a little bit though, all these towns, people listen all over the U S and kind of the world I've seen, uh, in Alabama, smaller mm-hmm. towns in Alabama to kind of set the backdrop. Uh, Jacksonville state university is a college. I went there, you went there, we did. uh, but yeah, so you were working at a car wash in Jacksonville. Right? Yeah. So we, I bounced back and forth between Linlock and Jacksonville and, um, you know, I got, I got linked up with him hitting, you know, it, I just walked in there one day, actually it was my, my wife's, uh, idea at the time I was looking for a job and, you know, she, uh, had a job down there in, in Linlock area and there's a wash down there and she said, look, just try that one. I, I had put in all over places and, uh, tried that one and it just stuck. You know, I just really enjoyed doing it and I got blessed to be able to be with him and he 
allowed me to kind of push what I thought was best to. And I've really gotten blessed to be able to be with people that allow me to do what I feel like is best within the industry and at my wash. So it's it was important that I got linked up with the people I did, not only at my first company, but at the company now. Yeah, mentors are huge. I, I mean, I, I mean, especially when you're young. I had a lot of nurses. I worked emergency medicine majority of my career. I've mm-hmm. said that a lot, but man, just some hardcore 30, 40 year old veteran nurses mm-hmm. teaching me and, and cheering me on and all that. I don't yeah. think I would be the person I am without that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a huge thing. And you know, the not, I look at those guys as, uh, you know, there's two, the one in my first company and my main boss, they're like dads to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they get into me, you know, if they're not happy with me, they're going to let me know. Sure. Um, but you know, that's what you need. You need somebody to be on you. You need somebody to be able to say, Hey, look, this is where you're doing good. This is where you're doing bad. And you know, if you want to be successful, that's what you got to have. And even when I was growing up in sports, you know, uh, basketball, football, baseball, I still quote a lot of my coaches to this day on, you know, social media. You know, I have a coach that, uh, Toby Riles, people might know him around here, but he was a big influence on me. You know, there's a couple him, my dad, you know, my, my grandfather, all these, all these guys and these two guys that we were just speaking of, these guys have a, a big impact on, mm-hmm. on me and the reason why I think the way I do and the way I do what I do. You know what I mean? You were at 775 at Jacksonville yeah. making, yeah. uh, so what was the transition period going from the Jacksonville car wash and then going to Southside, having your own and all that? What was kind of the, the period of doing that? So... Um, it was kind of a difficult transition at the time because I was graduating, you mm-hmm. know, so when he came to me, it was more of, uh, you know, would you want to do this or are you want to go into the, to the law? And I, it was kind of a turning point for me as to like, Hey, is this the, is this the time you go kind of do what you want to do? Or do you need to kind of follow in line? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a difficult transition. I was going to school as in his senior year. Um, and I was actually, we were opening up the site. Um, so I was, I was drive. I lived in Jacksonville, um, and I would drive, I would go to class, I would leave class with my gear on, I'd go to work, I'd probably work till seven, eight o'clock at night, and then I'd come back and I'd hit the ground running again. So it was a, mm-hmm. it was a lot of grinding at the time. Uh, transition wise, it was a lot. Um, you know, I was, I was just about to start moving into my new house, um, into Southside. We were, we were just now starting to buy that house and we were uh, about to have Aspen, my little girl. So all that was like in that time frame. So it was a lot. It was a lot of a transition, you know, um, trying to handle your personal life and as well as business side, you're really trying to get your feet on the ground. So right. the transition was difficult, but um looking back on it, it got me it was it was just the start of really when my career started taking off, you know? Mm, not to roast uh, the youngsters today, but uh man, you know, grinding I went through a period of life where I was working full time as a nurse. Mm-hmm in full-time school, uh, buying a house, doing home renovations, all that. I, I don't know if a lot of people are built that way, like yeah. can do it now. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm anything special, but I think just kids now, like younger, it's just not, I don't know. It's just hard. It's, I'm not saying it's not there. There's great young people, Absolutely. but it's not as common, I would say, yeah. to find people with that work ethic for well, sure. You know, you always, when we were growing up, you always had the grandparents or our parents and they were like, this younger generation just doesn't, Good point. you know what I mean? And I feel like we're probably just falling in line with that same thing, but yeah. I do feel what you're saying. you know, I employ a bunch of high school to college kids. That's what sure. I employ. And, um, I will say the COVID, the COVID years, I really do feel like affected, uh, the younger generation. Absolutely. Um, I really do. I really feel that way. My wife's an educator and, you know, I, I feel like that's a true statement is that they, that did hurt them. Um, I, 
like you said, you find a lot of really great kids that are that have a lot of drive that are that are going to do sports and they're working during high school and then after school they you know after sports they're coming in and working like there are a lot of great kids you know but I do um I do agree with you to a certain extent that mm-hmm. uh you know the younger generation to me and I probably to everybody else but I mean it it does seem like it it's getting a little more difficult to to seep through you know what I mean yeah, it's just the grind man I remember I can look back on times where it was so hard right you know i was so stressed out but looking back i'm like man you feel so accomplished you're like i did that man and i think it's just uh, it's irreplaceable i think it makes the success that much sweeter too to know that you grinded something out and then made something a success it's great man i never really had big when i was in high school i never really had i just wanted to make it you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i was just want. i wanted to, i didn't have crazy aspirations and dreams you know what i mean like sure. i was just trying to make it and now um seeing where we are today um you know, it makes you want to keep reaching. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, I think that's a good thing. It also can be a bad, depending on how you look at it. But you got to keep it in you check. Got to sure. have, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you always got to have goals and aspirations absolutely. and something to reach for. You know? It's a balance. I mean, you you can overreach oh, and, then, and then really, uh, really do some damage. But I think you always need to be, you know, advancing, trying to advance. That's, that's always yeah, a good absolutely. thing. Yeah. So it's, you used to mention young kids, man. I've seen a lot of camaraderie with your staff. Younger people, you got yeah. a lot of younger people in there doing good work. Uh, how do you set the tone with them? So uh, I find, yeah. I find it, I, that's why I do what I do, truth, truthfully. Um, it's not about the money. It's not, you know, I enjoy working with the young generation. It kind of, it reminds me of a lot of my coaches, you know, talking about Toby Riles, you know, he was one of my huge coaches, big, big into my life. He, he taught me a lot in, in football years. And, uh, you know, I try and look at me the same way I want to be somebody that these kids can look up to maybe somebody that i didn't have when i was that age maybe that right. i could have used right. um and i try you know i try and get involved inside and outside of their lives or at the wash you know what i mean inside the wash and outside the wash try and get involved with their lives you know if they have sports or a football game at a wall or south side or Glencoe, whatever it is you know i'm gonna go try and support that i'm gonna go try you know what i mean like try and take some of my personal time to make sure that they know that i'm invested with them um, you know, if they ever get in trouble, they know they can call me. Unfortunately, when they do get in trouble, they know they're in trouble here at the wash, but that's yeah. okay. Um, it's just one of those things, you know, uh, I love working with the younger generation because they're so moldable. A lot of these mm-hmm. kids, it might be their first job or their second job and, you know, they're coming in cause they just need, they need some money, um, you know, to help out their family or maybe or a lot of them haven't really had a father figure in their life or a supportive one anyway. Yep. And you know, it's a blessing to be able to go and be in these kids' lives. You know, mm. a lot of them are dealing with things that maybe I was dealing with when I was in high school or maybe sure. that some of my friends were dealing with. And if you can be somebody that they can lean on, um, that's a big piece. And I find that if I, when I put myself uh, kind of out on a limb there with the guys and I show them like, hey, look, I'm being vulnerable here. I, I'm here for you guys, you know, here or outside this this wash, you know, they they respond to that and they, they want to work for, for that type of guy. And, um, that's what I try, you know, I try and practice what I preach, you know, um, if we're out there, I'm trying to work with my guys. I'm always out there trying to, uh, make sure that we're doing what I expect, uh, for Washbox to do. Um, but you know, being able to mold these guys, being able to teach them, you know, life lessons, professional lessons, um, Mm. is a huge thing that I don't feel like you look, I went to I went to high school and I went to college, graduated. And there are some things that we don't learn when we're 
in grade school, in school, and we're sure. doing we're doing school. You know, we're learning different things, and a lot of it's granted. Don't get me wrong, but some of these things that you learn in the professional world, you got to go out there and you got to learn it. Like you have to experience it, and mm-hmm. uh, you know that's what I tell my guys all the time. You know, when you come in. I want you one day when you leave, whether it be a year from now, two months from now, three years from now, four years, whatever you decide to do, I want you to be better off than what you were when you first came in. And you're going to learn a lot of life lessons. You're going to see what I expect and that, you know, we're going to follow that. You know what I mean? And it gives these guys, it gives these these kids a uh, structure that is going to help them down the road. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And that's a huge piece for me. And that's truly truly why I do it, man. I, I really do enjoy being with the kids. I got a lot of kids that there's, I have, you know, people talk about turnover and employees and, you know, it is difficult to find good employees. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I've been blessed that a lot of my employees, you know, there's, I had one kid that started when he was 15 years old at Etowah and he stayed his entire high school career. So he was with me for four years, you know, those kids, they stay. I've got a kid that's with me for three and a half years now, another two years, two and a half. I mean, you know, these kids want to stay, and mm-hmm. that's a blessing. If if we can get them in, we can treat them well. Um, that's where you can you can gain success. And I assure you, our success is not because of me. It's as the success is because the kids that come in, they want to do something. They want to be big, a part of something bigger than what they are. Right. And when they, creating when that they environment, that, you know, that's the key. I, I think we've probably both been a part of job situations, maybe not as much you, but definitely maybe in hospitals and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. where you work for a boss and they just want you to do all this stuff, but there's no connection there. Yeah. They don't, you know, they don't believe in you. You know, right. you know they don't care. Right. You know, but when you create an environment that we're all bought into this process so we're going to do a good job mm-hmm. it can change the workplace it really can right and i think it helps too that uh i've been involved with mom and pop shops you know what i mean like this is a private company we're not i don't have uh private equity behind me backing me with m- monopoly money you know what right. i mean like this is mom and pop um we're all from gadsden area uh the partners as well as myself everybody we're all from gadsden so i mean it, this is where we're from we don't you know we have reputations here um, you know, just as well as anybody else knows something happens, whether good or bad, I'm going to hear about it, yeah. you know, and it might be directly. I mean, they, you know, somebody just ding, ding, I got his, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, when you have something, when your back's against the wall, you got to make something happen. It's a lot, you know, you, you got to go after it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. That's good stuff, man. So let's talk about, you were at the Southside car wash. Mm-hmm. What was the transition from the Southside car wash to Washbox, The one that you're at now, what was that transition period like? And uh, go in on that. So it was a lot. Um, I took on a lot more responsibility um, at Washbox. Um, and it was a little bit of a transition. I'm going to be honest. You Look, I, I could kind of give you the backstory on it, but uh, I was telling, I was getting ready to leave Southside. We knew we were selling it. And it was. So you were the owner. We, no, oh, I wasn't. So. No, no, no. I wasn't the owner. No, I had a uh, owner that I was with under that company. Okay. Um, and he was getting ready to sell. We were going to sell the company. Gotcha. He was about to resolve. Um, and when all that happened, like I said, I was trying to figure out if I was going to go left or right, go to college, back to college, or, or stay with doing what I'm doing. And I had one of my customers who's been with me for a long time, um, and he used to own a restaurant in Rainbow City. And at that time, there was news that there was a new car wash coming to Rainbow City. Um, and I told my customer it was... You know, it was just a regular day and he came in and was like, hey, look, man, I just want to let you know you've been a great customer of mine for a long time. You know, I'm going to be getting out of here soon trying, you know, we're going to be figuring something else out there. You're going to be resolving the company, selling the company. They, 
selling it and uh he immediately went through the tunnel didn't know he was doing this i, you know, I was just trying to be nice give him some love he went through the tunnel ended up calling my partner with that i'm with now um and was like look this kid in Southside is getting ready to go back to school he said he's he might go back and go in to get his law degree and when he came out like he was talking on the phone and i went up to him and i was like everything good and I, he was i heard him talk about me and i was like what are you doing bro like you know what who are you talking to mm-hmm. and i kind of mingled back a little bit and he ended up long story he set it up he set it up he ended up calling my partner now and it's like, hey, this is what happened, and he's he's getting ready to leave. He's thinking about going back to school, and I got a phone call maybe thirty minutes later, and he was like, hey, you know, you want to come have a meeting? And we ended up having the meeting at my customer's restaurant in Gadsden. Oh, wow. and uh, you know, it, it kind of took off from then. You know, I I met the guys, and uh, it was it was a whirlwind. It was a lot, and you know, I took on a lot more. They were expecting a lot, um, and they were putting up a lot. You know what I sure. mean? Like it they, it was they were. They're new to this. Well, a know? lot of people in business, they have to find investors, people to put up money up front. That kind of fell in your lap almost, it seems like. So, yeah, we got, I got, you know, I keep going back to it. I got blessed. I got blessed yeah. with a great, great owner. And then with my guys that I'm with now, they, you know, these, we kind of, they needed me and I needed them. You know what I mean? Like I was, it was either I wanted to stay in the industry or go back and, um, you know, they, they needed somebody they could trust. Um, and it was a shot in the dark, man. I didn't know these guys. Um, I didn't know them from Adam's house cat. Um, you know, I, I remember calling my dad and I was like, Hey, do you know this guy? Like, you know, he's like, yeah, they're great people. They're great people. Go mm-hmm. have a conversation. So, you know, it, I, I took a shot, he took a shot and luckily it, it, it worked out. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's a contractor and this is, I'm talking when I say he, I'm talking about my, my main boss here. He, he's a contractor. He's a very successful contractor. He's very busy. Um, and you know, they have other things to do with, they own multiple different companies and like Washbox was something that they wanted to invest in and, and see how, you know, worked out. And luckily we were blessed enough that we found each other when we did. And like I said, man, I think that's, that's all, that's all a blessing. You know what I mean? Like that's all, it all fell in line. You know what I mean? Like I didn't do anything crazy. I was just trying to stay working and stay active. And I guess that's when you go back and you, you hear people say, you know, stay active, keep your nose clean, keep your head down, do it, right. you know, good things happen. Well, and, that's what I was going to go back to and say, you know, you started in Jacksonville, small beginnings, working, had a good mentor, went to Southside, all that, built yourself up. Mm-hmm. So you kind of make a name for yourself. Uh, you know, people see like, I, I think this guy can do big things. He's not there yet, but I think we can invest in him. I think we can get him there. Yeah. And I think having people uh, even financially back you, uh, you know, verbally and all that, it's a really big deal. Yeah. And it can really change you for sure. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. It's been a, it's been a whirlwind. Um, and I'm not going to tell you it's easy. There's, a, you know, there's times when it's tough, man. Yeah. I mean, working with the public and, and doing what we do, we stay very busy and we have a lot of competition. Like the car wash industry is a very fast moving, you know, it's very high paced um so everything's always moving you got to stay up with the times i mean um heck i just got back i went on a, a business trip down to right. florida you, told me that. you know i'm gonna go i went and looked at uh sunny's car wash factory over like 1.2 million square feet of warehousing and just factory working of just car wash wow and it blew my mind you know what i mean like I, it kind of you know you like to talk about success and everything but 
ideally i'm a very very small fish in a very large pond but that's you know where you I mean? want to be you know what that's I mean? where like, you want to be oh, for absolutely. sure because then there's, there's growth opportunity for there's sure growth there mm-hmm. there's growth there it means right. i'm not at the top and that's fine with me you that's know, right I, I got a long way to go but right. where i'm at we're, we're doing okay you know it's been a tough time um you know mm-hmm. right now it's not you know you're talking about interest rates and things like that it's kind of right. a, you know talking about having somebody invest some money into something right now is kind of a sketchy talk you it know is. what i mean so risk um, is high yeah yeah but we're 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 getting ready to grow um and we're excited about it um it's taken longer than what we wanted when we first opened uh rainbow city COVID hit like three months later i think i opened up i opened up rainbow city december 26th of 19 wow. i believe so, and then, I mean, COVID hit like what, a couple months? I mean, it was like yeah, COVID. March yeah. So, 20. COVID hit right afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was scary, man. You know, you got, you know, I'm with these new guys. They're expecting a lot from me. And that's true. COVID hits. And like, so all that was a, a whirlwind. You well, know people, I mean? you know, I had another guy on here kind of with a business background and he, you know, supply chain issues. Oh, dude. I mean, it's going to take years for it to really correct. I mean, we're already three years past initial COVID and this is still not kind of up to par, I would say. Yeah, man, when talking about supply, that's a, that's, that's another, you know, that's another part of our industry. You know, people don't realize I'm open seven days a week, 11 hours a day. All right. Except on Sunday, which is an hour less, but either way I'm open up. I'm, I'm always running and people don't really realize that there's a million moving parts inside that tunnel and are in the garage within the garage and the tunnel. And one little thing can make it go down. You know what I mean? So like, that's one of the biggest tasks that we have is trying to deal with the maintenance and things like that in the industry. Um, but yeah. So, So talk about that a little bit. When something goes down, what's the protocol? What no, do you do? Dude, <laughs> is there somebody that comes in and evaluates or how do you get the car wash fixed? yeah so i have a guy that uh i lean on when it comes to maintenance um he's kind of like my main guy um unfortunately again this is another blessing for us you know our uh the guy you know our partner that's in the contracting business he has guys that are tidy with their hands you know and uh mm-hmm. he's one of his uh uh superintendents so when i have a problem that is above my you know knowledge of trying to fix give him a call and you know most of the time we're right up on top of it we try our very best if anything goes down you know that's our biggest we try our very best to fix it like asap right then right now sure um well you're always open you got to i mean that's really, the biggest part to, to keep it's, making it's money difficult. yeah yeah so i do have a maintenance guy he helps me out a lot um and uh you know i keep him busy you know um mm-hmm. but uh that's kind of how that works you know if something goes down we have i have checklists and things that i have at the wash that we we check every morning and stuff like that that you know, um, if something's not working maybe up to par that I want or something like that, you know, we have things that we check through on that so that I can keep up with it. And then, you know, if something, you know, something's like a in, in red that we have to get fixed, you know, it's like, you know, that's when I give him a shout and then we game plan. Most of the time, you know, you know, if maybe a motor goes down on the wraps or something, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm going to get that fixed ASAP. We keep motors and things on deck uh the best we can um you know bearings things like that you know their air cylinders you know things like that that we can keep on hand sometimes there's something that happens maybe with the conveyor uh that you don't necessarily have on hand and then you're scrambling you know i've driven oh dude i've, I've driven to mississippi to go get a part you know wow. what i mean just you know just to get it get it there so we can work on it that night and then get it back up in the morning and people don't really realize that you know they look at the car wash industry and they drive by and they're like, that wash is killing it. And it's like, yeah, you look at it and it, it may be killing it, but 
in our industry, man, I, t- truthfully, um, our industry is very difficult because, uh, with the labor, I, labor, water, power, chemical, you know, you're looking, you know, not to mention, you know, like the, maybe the mortgage, you know, all those things add up. And it, mm-hmm. um, it take, it takes quite a lot of money. If I told you the number on what it, it, it takes just to turn a, turn a coin there, you know, it might make your eyebrow raise because, mm-hmm. People look at our industry and they're like, you know, that that that's a cash cow. And if you run it properly and you do it right and you stay at it, it can be very successful. But I've seen I've seen a majority of people, especially in the private, you know, mom and pop, they go in and investing and they don't have a clue what they're doing. And next thing you know, they're two, three, four, five million dollars in the hole because they opened something up and didn't realize what they were buying off. Right. You know, and then that's when you start seeing all these car washes up for sale. You know what I mean? And then they're not they're not doing what they need to do. So. Mm-hmm. It can be difficult. The industry can be cutthroat. It can be difficult. Um, but you know, if you do it right, you do you can do yeah, it. Yeah, going back to what you said about going to Mississippi and all this stuff, you know, a lot of people it's like, Oh man, I wanna be a business owner. I wanna do it. But you don't know all the internal struggles of doing all that. There's some stuff that ain't pretty. No. Some stuff you gotta do and uh, no. you know, long hours, probably more over forty hours a week, I'm sure. So when I was uh well when I was walking in here with you, I was getting phone calls. You right. know, and it really you're never off. Um it kind of becomes normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the hardest thing is, is when you know you're going on vacation, you know, or you're, when you're with your family and you know, like, Hey, look, I'm, I'm really off right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Like I really got to be off right now. Right. That's when it can get hectic. Um, because we don't slow down and, uh, it's going to be running whether I'm there or not. So you got to really make sure that your team knows what they're doing. You can feel comfortable. You know, I got a lot, a guy that I lean on and you you know, you gotta, you gotta, you got to trust your guys, which means in turn that you got to be able to make sure that you're training them properly so you can go do those things. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk numbers a little bit. How many cars in an average month go through the car wash? Do you have that number? <laughs> um, you know, Jared, I was afraid you were going to ask me that, brother. Yeah. Um, so I do have that number. Okay. Um, can you I, share I, it? I can't share it. Oh, I'm no. sorry. I can't no, it's share it's all good. It. Um, <laughs> But we do well, man. We do. We I know do you do. Well. I know do you well. do for sure. For I, I sure. wish I could, but yeah. I just I can't. I got you. I got you. I respect <laughs> it. I respect it. It's all good. Yeah, I'm not going to ask about money. I just didn't know about how many cars specifically, but I get it. It's all good. Um, so the future plans. You got the wash box coming in Glencoe, mm-hmm. second location. Mm-hmm. What's it look like over the next couple of years? What do you What do you think? What do you see? What's the vision? Or, you know, we wanted to, again, mom and pop. We're not trying to be. Uh, you know, the big zippies car wash or USA or, you know, out of way. We're not trying to do that. Yeah. We're trying to give the best quality that we can as in our industry, um, and do it kind of here at home. You know what I mean? Like we would like, you know, we're going to try and branch out a little bit. Um, but we want to, you know, we're from Gadsden. Like I said, we're, we're, this is where we're from. And you know we we kind of want to make a shake here. Yeah, you well, know? if you're if you're in the location, I mean, it's a great one for sure. We for sure, I use it myself, and um, looking forward to being here close to home. Yeah, so absolutely. having a location close by that's going to be awesome, man. Well, I'm happy for. It. I know you're doing good work uh, from a business standpoint. Yeah, I think that's uh, you know I think some people would say business people are greedy. You hear that a lot. Like mm-hmm. business people don't pay taxes. Business people, I you know they say a lot of stuff like this. Uh, what should, what do you say to that? What do you say to those comments? No, uh, I mean. 
Because everybody wants to make money. I mean, I you know, we all want to be successful. And we all want to make money. There's a limit, like billions maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't but, have to have billions. Yeah, no. yeah. But, you know, I think I think it's a good thing to want to make money, to want to advance. And you're producing a good. I yeah. mean, you're, you're helping people wash cars and stuff. You can get money for that. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but it's a, it's a weird phenomenon that people say stuff like that, like business owners are greedy and stuff like that. I mean, you know, man, I mean, I guess you could work with some business owners that are hard to deal with. Sure. You know what I mean? But I, greedy, I mean, I guess that's to each their own. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't feed much into that. You know, we were talking briefly on, you know, you can kind of get too invested or you can, you can dive too hard in on, on any given thing, you know, whether, sure. you know, an addiction of any sort, but you know, you can fall in on the business side too, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a happy balance on dealing with family and dealing with business. Um, but you know, anybody, any, somebody might say, Oh, you know, it must be nice. Right. It must be nice. And it's like, I mean, dude, it, it is nice, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, you don't know what I did to get where I'm, at right now that's you right didn't know the struggles and as I, I don't know yours right. you know what i mean and everybody's got their struggles every single person that we pass by every single day has got struggles that we don't have any an idea about so 100%. um i'm yeah i don't fall much into the into the looking down on the guy that's trying to make it you know what i mean like i'm you know what i mean yeah the comment um, it must be nice i'm yeah, sure that gets I, you yeah, every time I mean, come on dude <laughs> like i mean you know I, I have a lot of people i try and surround myself with people that are successful right you know, like um, you know, you are who you hang out with, you know mm, what I mean? 100%. And I try and, you know, if I can hang out with the guys that are doing it big, I'm going to hang out with those guys. I want to see what did you do to become successful? What risk did you take to become successful? Because right. at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do, you know, I don't have to make millions of dollars under whatever. I don't have to make billions and million. you know, I want to take care of my kids, you know, have a house over their head feed my kids, have something whenever I'm gone to give to them. Because right. right now, brother, I mean, the way things are right now, everything's so difficult. Yeah. You know, just having something. I mean, that's the goal, man. Mm-hmm. Just have something to give to the kids at the end of the day. You know what yeah, I mean? We'll go like, back to, you know, when people say stuff like that, there's definitely a jealousy component there. And like you said, we don't know everybody's struggles. You know, everybody's dealt a hand, you know, right. and sometimes it's not fair. Right. You know, I have parents that helped me through college and, don't have a lot of student loans and all. there's people that are hundreds of thousand dollars and that are in my position mm-hmm. that have that, mm-hmm. you know, I was dealt that hand and I'm blessed to have it, but I can't, you know, flaunt that or whatever. That's, mm-hmm. that's just, there's a, there's a jealousy component too that. If you get to the deep root of why people say stuff like that, it is what it is. And I kind of see where they're coming from in a way, but it's still not right. You know, so, uh, well, you know, again, too, I, I didn't get where I was because, you know, everything fell into place. Right. You know, I had, I, I was blessed. But I, you were dealt that hand, you know, yeah. you were given, you were given that, you know, yeah. we are Christian believers. Mm-hmm. You are blessed with that. Yep. Um, and that's not a terrible thing, to, but too much is given, much is required. That's right. You know, and so you that's were right. given a lot. So there's a lot going to be required of mm-hmm. you. Um, and we all have a different path. There's a lot of stuff I think you could say to that, but all of it comes down to, uh, we're all dealt a hand, man. We're doing the best we can with what we got. And that, that's what everybody's doing. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Uh, the business is doing good, man. I'm excited for you in the future. Let's go ahead and swap over to sports. You mentioned you were baller. Uh, uh, I don't know. Shot caller in high that. school. So you played a lot of sports. <laughs> kind of talk about, I was in band. You know, I was in yep. drama and all that. Shaped me tremendously. Yeah. You know, my character, morals, all that. Absolutely. How I handle situations. Do you feel like sports shaped you? Oh, I, 110%. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I've, you know, I've talked a little bit about Toby Riles, that guy. I started... When I, my first year at A-Team, 
and they do it differently now. So I don't even really know what age that was, but I was young, um, before middle school. And I remember going out there my first year and I hated it, man. I hated it. I was getting this hit. Football? Yeah. Football. And it changed me, you know, like the next year I started playing quarterback. Obviously I started liking it more, but those, you know, sports are huge. Sports are huge. I actually, I love to find kids that are in sports when they're in middle school or in middle school, high school. Um, because it, they're, that shows me right off the rip. These kids can be disciplined. This, these kids can listen. They can be given a task and go after it. Um, so those are huge things, man. You know, I think you learn a lot. Um, in sports also keeps you out of trouble, you know? Um, but yeah, I definitely sports were a huge impact on me, basketball, football, baseball. Um, those things kept me very active when I was, when I was younger. For so sure. did you play in college? No. Any sports? No. So I had Creed when I was getting out of high school. So I graduated in 12, um, mm-hmm. in May of 12, I guess. Yeah. And I had Creed in September. Mm. So I was, I was literally starting my first classes, uh, when I first uh, had Creed. So had to grow up real quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, when I was in high school, man, um, I thought I was that kid, you know, I was playing, I was a quarterback. I was, you know, shortstop and I played bad, you know, like, and looking back on that, God humbled me real quick. I, uh, I was, I was dating someone at the time when I was a senior that was out of high school. And like I said, I ended up, uh, you know, having Creed, uh, my, you know, going out of my senior year. So mm-hmm. everything kind of stopped sports wise, all that. And it was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta get something going here. So, right. um, you know, I was, I was actually thinking about going to Auburn. Um, and then that, that changed everything, you know what I mean? So ended up going to JSU and, and we grinded out there, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. kind of made the path, um, hard. It, it, some of it was hard, you know what I mean? Like I, a lot of that was hard, hard time in my life, but we yeah. made it through and all those things, you know, sports, that time of my life, you know, when I had Creed, all that was what shaped me. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. the, all the things that I went through, my parents went into divorce too when I was 16. So my mom's a flight attendant. Um, my dad is a carpet salesman. So I didn't know that your mom's a flight attendant. Well, she was, yeah, she, oh. uh, I think she was like 34 or 35 years. I Del- didn't know Delta that. flight attendant. What? Yeah. It was That's awesome. Cool. Awesome career. She loved it. She loves it to that. this day. Um, so I, it was difficult because she was flying around and, you know, they were divorced. So it, that was a mess too. So all those things though, they shaped me, you know what I mean? Shaped mm-hmm. me to where I am now. So you, you can't look back on it and say, well, that was tough. I wish I wouldn't have had to go through that. It was like, well, you know, it was tough, but you made it and here we are today. <laughs> right. Well, we're definitely going to get on the, uh, you have children and all that. We'll definitely go into that, but I kind of want to sit on sports and all that for a minute because a lot of people uh, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of middle schoolers, high schoolers too, that don't do a lot of anything. Yeah. You know, they may play video games or whatever. And I played plenty, trust yep. me. But I was also a part of band. I was a part of something. Yep. I think that is so huge mm-hmm. to be a part of something yep. with other people. It teaches you how to work with people. Yep. It teaches you how to deal with personalities, how to achieve a common goal, Absolutely. come together, put yourself to the side and achieve something. Um, do you feel the same way oh, about 100%. that? hundred percent. I yeah. you know, right now I'm dealing with my 11 my year old. Just like every other 11-year-old right now, they love playing video games. That's what they want to do. Um, And I'm trying to keep them active. I want them playing sports. I want him, you know, I want him to do what he wants to do. He loves Legos and things like that. And, you know, he has his things, his nicks that he likes to do. Um, But I try and keep him active on the sports. You know, he plays soccer. He's in soccer right now. Actually, my wife and kids are at a soccer game as we speak. Um, And uh, 
you know, you got to keep them active in sports. I think it's huge. I, you know, it's a big thing for kids to be able to uh, be in sports, teaching them lessons in and out. Um, you know, and it's it's okay to have somebody be hard on the kids. Yes. You know, besides the parent, it's okay. You know, for coach to get in his grill and mm-hmm. say, you know, this is where you're going wrong because guess what? One day Creed's going to have a boss, and that boss is going to get in his grill, and you got to either step in line or or not. But when you don't, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. Well, you know? so you see a lot of that in younger people. They yeah. kind of get grill as you said and then they don't know how to handle that yeah. they've never had that experience and yeah. all that and so i have in my time too with band and all it's not as intense as sports i feel mm-hmm. like and all that but definitely uh there's times where corrections needed and mm-hmm. i think if you never experience that when you're young and parents kind of shelter their children don't let them encounter that you're going to get into life and you're going to struggle yeah absolutely I, I feel like when i was in high school like i said i i was kind of that that wild kid and i feel like i did all those party things when <laughs> high school and then when the college got there i was like Hey, yeah. you know what I mean? I was like, it's time to slow it down a little bit. So yeah. all those things you go through, I agree with you. Um, well, I think having a kid makes you grow up quick. Yeah. You know, I don't have any children yet, but I know a lot of men attest to that. Once you have a child, it's like reality hits a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, for it's, sure. it's, you got to straighten up quick. Yeah, so we've talked about children. Let's go ahead and go in on that. So you have two children. Yes, so kind of talk about your two kids, yeah. how old they are, whatever you want to share, man. Firstborn is Creed. He's 11. Um, it's a great kid, man. He's in fifth grade. Um, he's doing really well, plays, uh, soccer. He's got last year. I think he made, he almost made all a honor roll. He, he was real close and he's, he's, he pushes his grades real hard. He's got a heart of gold. He's a really good kid. So really proud of Creed. He, um, been through a lot, you know, been through a lot, but, uh, you know, where he's at and how he's doing, he's doing phenomenal. And then I have my little girl who's four years old now, Aspen. Um, she's a blessing. She's she keeps me on my toes, I can assure you. Mm-hmm. Um I did realize whenever I had Aspen that I can't parent the same way that I parent my son. Uh-huh. You know, I'm one of those parents that I'm pretty direct, man. Like I'd you know, I talk to Creed directly. Sure. You know what I mean? And with Aspen, you know, if I get into her stern, they the tears start rolling. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like sometimes like I you know, I might stirring up or something i'll turn and look at my wife and i'll be like too strong too strong." yeah you know so but um my kids are great man they're great they keep me they keep keep me very busy um they keep me active um but they have been a really huge blessing to me and then i have my beautiful wife elena um that i met at jackson state Mm -hmm. um and um we took off the second we met so it's been a been a wild ride. That's awesome, man. They keep yeah. me going. So sure. having kids, people talk about that. Like you can't t- treat your kids the same. Personalities are different, all that. And I don't know if it's male, female, whatever, but you definitely see that in children. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, some kids you can just say, I'm disappointed in you. And they'll just like it's shatter gone. down. Shattered. But, but other kids, you, you know, you can be really firm with them and they're just like, whatever. Yeah. Let's go away. So I think it's smart. Like you said, I don't have children yet, but kind of understanding kind of how your kid's going to react and kind of discipline yeah. them in that way. It was a teaching. It was a learning curve for me. It definitely was because, you know, my little girl's got a heart of gold too and you know she she's very fragile Mm. you know what i mean so like she knows both my kids know right from wrong you know Mm. what i mean and um you know getting into her is a little bit different than getting you know i always consciously before i get onto her i know she's about to get in trouble and i have to be like all right double double think on how you're about to approach this because you know she she's a little more tender you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. creed being a boy and he's gotten older you know he knows what i expect and 
it is what it is. Same thing as my guys. They know what I expect. I right. mean, you know, we're gonna we're all gonna fall in line one way or another. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's either you know you're gonna do it or you're not. But right, that's, that's awesome, man. I know being a parent's a blessing for sure. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. So you talked about your wife, kind of going on that. Met at Jacksonville. What's the story, man? How did all that uh, begin and, uh, and all that? My wife, she's she's amazing, man. She really I know is. you uh, uh, commend her on social media. And oh stuff like man, you. she's she's uh she really is something special. She's she's Wonder Woman for sure. Um, you know, we met. I was a junior and at JSU and I was walking in, I forgot what the class was. I want to say it was, it was something very dumb. You know what I mean? Like it was, you know, it was like speech class or so. I don't remember what it was right. to be honest with you, Jared, but it was one of those classes that, uh, and I, I was, I didn't care. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, I would, I would be that guy with sweatpants on and like a t-shirt and I'd even have, I wouldn't even have my tennis shoes on brother. I'd have like my, like my little moccasin, like lounge around. Shoes. Stock, like, I, I don't something? know, dude. Like oh, yeah. the ones with the fuzz in them, dude. Yeah, I'd walk to school. Yeah. I didn't care. Oh, uh, um, but I, I remember seeing her, um, you know, and it was just when I had got out of a relationship, Creed was only, dude, I don't know. He was two or something like that when I met Elena. So, uh-huh. um, I can give you the story though. So how it worked out, um, one day our teacher was late to class the door was locked. And I'm walking to class, and of course, again, I'm 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 looking. I don't even have a bag, you know what I mean? I might have a I have a pencil in my hand. That's what happened. So I have a pencil in my hand. That's all I have. And teacher's showing up. She's walking the door. Everybody's starting to get up. Well, Elena's sitting in the in the uh, hallway, and I help her up out of the hallway. And uh, that was the first time I had any communication with her. And then there was a kid that was beside me in the class that went to school with Elena at Alexandria, and. uh I was asking her about her, asking him about her a lot. Like, you know, who is that? You know, this, that, and the other. And that day that I, I got her, you know, helped her off the, uh, the floor that day in the hallway, I had one pencil. That's it. I didn't have nothing. And for some reason she forgot her pencil. And I don't remember, I don't know if it was a test. I don't remember <laughs> what it was, but she's like, does anybody have a pencil? And I was like, I got a pencil. And I went right over there and gave her the pencil. Well, then I realized I was like, I don't have paper. I don't have nothing oh, right gosh. now, dude. So I turn around and I'm like, I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, guys, I need a pencil and a paper. And I need like, do you have a book? Like, you know, I was That's like, hilarious. I didn't have nothing. But, um, and then shortly after that, um, I wrote a note or something, something cheesy. And I put it on her, on her, on the glass of her car. And then that day I saw her at the four way and I rolled, I saw she was right beside me and I rolled my window down. I was like, when are you going to let me take you on that date? And she, I don't remember what she said, but she, right when the light, right when I said that light turned, she took off and I was oh, like, really? oh, okay, this is, <laughs> this is going to be the one right here. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm blessed with my wife and kids. Um, Elena's, you know, she's the dreamer. Um, you know, I feel like you really do have to find a partner that's going to match your goals, your aspirations and what you want to do. And I feel like Elena and I both were in a time of our lives when we met that we were both really bound and determined to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had huge dreams and all I'm trying to do now, brother, is I'm trying to make those dreams come true. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like her dreams are my dreams. And, um, I've been, I can't tell you how blessed that I have been, um, to have Elena with me. She's, she keeps me level headed. You know, there's sometimes business has got me, you know, on all different directions. Um, she can talk me off the ledge and she helps me get through that. And she helped me through college. She actually helped me understand how to, you know, when I, when I met Elena, I wasn't very, you know, I was doing fine in school, A's and B's, whatever. But 
after I met Elena, she really got me focused on the direction I was wanting to go. Um, and I ended up, I think from the time that I met Elena, I was hitting the Dean's list and the president's list every single semester from wow. literally the time. And I think that was just a direction of somebody that I needed in my life at the time. And Lena, Lena was exactly what they needed. Well, that's it. A lot of men say that, you know, when they get married, it kind of steps you up. Uh, yeah. You feel like the support from your wife was crucial. Oh, absolutely. Like. I'm, yeah. She pushes me. She pushes me farther than I ever. Like I said, she was a dreamer. Um, she has, she has the dreams and actually it's funny. You know, I just built a house in Southside. I've been there a year now. And the year before there was a house on Facebook and I was like, I just think I shared it or something. I tagged and I was like, I'm going to make this happen one day. And then the next year, Lena got that tag. You know how it shows up a year later. This was posted or whatever. Oh yeah. She posted it and said, you did it. And like that right there is huge because like you set a goal for yourself and you want to reach that goal. You want to, you want to achieve that. So it's a big thing that that's a big thing. And I, like I told you, I set goals. Goals are a big thing. I set goals for myself. You could go into my office right now. Um, and there's my year goals that are sitting they're pinpointed on my, on my wall, because if you're not writing your goals down and you're just, you got them floating around in your head, then they're not goals. You know, you need mm-hmm. to write that down and see what you got to do to hit that. You know what I mean? And Lena's that for me. She, she has the goals. She has the aspirations to want to do these things that I really never thought about that. I really, you know, like I said, I didn't have huge dreams. I, mm-hmm. I was just trying to make it. Right. Well, um, now that we've made it, see where we can go with it. You That's great, I mean? man. You know, it's, you know, you can do things by yourself, but having somebody with you that supports you, pushes you to be Absolutely. better. Uh, I think it's irreplaceable. hundred percent. You know, you can do great things by yourself. I really believe that as a man, you can, but you know, there's a reason uh, marriages are a thing. Yes. You know, there's a reason that's that's the way it is. And I think that's why, you know, you can do great things alone, but together with somebody else, dreaming together, Absolutely. building a life together, I think it's a beautiful thing. I'm telling you, Jared, I, I really mean it. I wouldn't be where I am without my wife. I really mean that, yeah. truthfully. Really. I have a lot of men say that. I have a truthfully. lot of men say that, for sure. That's a beautiful thing, man. Cool. So, uh, being a father, I want to go in on this a little bit. <clears throat> we talked about this before the podcast. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. So you had your son. You mm-hmm. were not married when you had your son. That's correct. There's a lot of people that have children out of wedlock and all that. And it, we grew up Baptist. Mm-hmm. A little, little bit of shame there and all that. They throw it. So yeah. what was your experience like? Uh, you are a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a Christian, having a child out of wedlock. Because I think it's not an uncommon thing in today's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens. So what was your experience overall with that? Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. That was tough, man. That was, that was looking back on times of my life. That was the hardest. That was, mm-hmm. you know, having to sit down and tell my mom what was happening was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Crush yeah. me. Crush me. Um, very, very difficult. And, you know, a lot of people wrote me off, truthfully. Yeah. Um, there's still people to this day that, you know, something happens in my life and, You'll see them on social media and they'll be like, congratulations, I'm so proud of you. And I know exactly that that same person was the person that was saying this or that about me whenever the news came out that I was having Creed so young. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you're right. Um, I did have Creed um, out of wedlock um, with his mom, love his mom, uh, love her to death. Uh, you know, things just didn't work out. We were young. You know sure. what I mean? And it is what it is. Um, we still have a great relationship. Um, and we co-parent for Creed. Um, and that's the best thing you can do, you know? Um, but it was, it was difficult. It was difficult. Uh, I guess the perception on me was, oh, he was an athlete. He was going to do something and he just did that. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, it was tough, man. I mean, it was, uh, it was one of those things that it humbled me. Um, it made me really realize that I wasn't nothing and I, I'm going to have to go get it. Cause well, I'm sure the toughest part is having that picture and not even you having that picture, but everybody else yeah. having that picture of what you're going to be. And then it's not what they expect and, and almost they don't like it, you know, whatever. I used it as motivation. Um, Jared, I really did. So that made me look at it and be like, okay, you're going to bet against me. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm down with that. So let's see what happens. Like. I use that as like, all right, you're riding me off. That's okay. Like, you're going to see the work I'm about to put in. And sure. I did. Um, I really did. You know, uh, I tell my kids all the time at work, I'm like, look, dude, as good as you have it right now, I was like, I wish you could go back in time with me and, and see the things that I had to do because I guess everybody's got their story and everybody has things that, that they went through. Um, But mine, to me, was very special because I went through a grind when I was very young mm-hmm. and that that helped me as I got as I got older right. you know what I mean and that's a huge that's a huge deal so the thing I guess the biggest thing with that was just dealing with the pressure that came along with it um it's like you know what is this kid gonna do is he you know people watching me see how long it took me to graduate you know what I mean or like you know because it took me a while man like I was going to school you talking about college yeah I was you know I was trying to go to school and I was trying to work as many hours as I could I, dude I was even I was even I had a zero turn lawnmower that I had just got and I would leave on my off days and I would go up to the wash that I was working at and I would go mow all the yards at both of the washes just so I could get a couple extra hundred bucks for my wow. owner under the table sure <laughs> because I was trying to pay child support. Um, and dude, I was broke. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so like, uh, all those things, it, it all happens for a reason. Right. It, you know what I mean? Like it, it really does. And, um, but it was difficult. That was a difficult time in my life and it was just some adjusting, but it made me better because it, I used that as like, you know, I could have cowered down on that, but I guess the thing was, is like, dude, I'm not going to let these people look at me. Like you just ruined your life. Right. That, that, because truthfully, Creed saved my life. Yeah, hundred percent. He he definitely helped me because, dude, honestly, the things I was doing when I was that age, like, it's amazing that I'm alive or not in jail. Seriously, really, yeah. truthfully, all sure. all jokes aside. So, having him that early, God was like, you know what? I'm gonna give you this kid now because I feel I wait on you're gonna be in jail or you're gonna be dead. So, he gave me Creed early, and um, that's when I locked in. That's when it was like, all right, dude, now's your time. It's mm-hmm. either now or like this kid's gonna have nothing. So that's a beautiful it's, thing. It's, a few things that come cool. to mind is the speck in the plank. You know, yeah. everybody deals with some. Mm-hmm. Everybody, uh, you know, and I think for people to say, "Oh, you did this X Y Z," we know right from wrong. Maybe right. you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you made a mistake. Uh, but to crucify you for that, I think I think is a wrong thing for sure. And let something make or break you. Yeah, you know that that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Uh, that's with anything in life. A lot of things are going to happen to you. What are you going to do? Is right. it going to break you, or is it going to make you a better person? Absolutely. Learn from your mistakes and grow from that. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I mean, everybody's yeah. got hurdles that they go through. Um, Every day. I mean, no matter, mm-hmm. I don't care how, how well you've got it made out. I don't care if you think you're, you've got everything in your life working out for you. There's going to be a hurdle the next day. One day, one way or another, there's going to be something that you're going to have to hurdle. You know what I well, mean? Well, I think like, a lot of people that have, that they say, you know, um, they're very judgmental. Yeah. You know, they haven't had a hard time yet. Yeah. You know, I feel like my time was in my late twenties. Mm-hmm. I had a very rough time, went through a divorce, went through right. a lot of bad things um abandonment a right. lot of things um 
people that are judgmental of you, they haven't hit that time yet. Yeah. And until you have a time like that, I resonate, like I listen to you tell this story about your, I don't think anything, man. Yeah. I, I hurt for you. Yeah. I'm like, man, I hate you had to go through it, but I see what it's made you become. Right. 100%. And so I look at what, what I went through has made me become. And I'm yeah. like, thank God I went through that. Yeah. Uh, but that's where I think a lot of judgmentalism comes from and a lot of Christianity, yep. you know, and, and Baptist, Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. all that. It's like the perfect picture kind of thing. That's not real. You know, that's yeah. not real life. We yeah. all make mistakes and we got to learn from them. And there's situations that things happen and all that. But when you're on, uh, I don't know if you've ever read the, or read the book or Peaks and Valleys, and I forgot who it's by. But if you're a book reader, I would suggest in the business world, go read the book Peaks and Valleys. Um, and I'll send you, I'll send it to you. So maybe you can show the people here. But um, it's a great little book. It's like 150 pages. Um, and it, it's literally about peaks in life and valleys. So, yeah. and it's, how do you react to when you're on the ground? Then how do you react when you're at the top? That's right. Um, and I think that that, you know, my granddad used to tell me and it stuck with me in my head. I'm a big quote guy. And, uh, when I was a kid, he said, character is not what a man does in the dark, but it, what he does in the, uh, no character is not what a man does in the lot, but what he does in the dark that That's defines right. him. That's right. And that one stuck with me because, you know, he was a great man. And there are things that every man, which is what this podcast is about, you know, every man has things that he goes through, That's you right. know, um, hurdles that they have to overcome, things that could make and break them. Um, and what you do in that in the dark is more important than what you do that the public sees me doing. People see me doing washbox. People see me out there in the community doing the things that I do. I do that for business, but in the dark, when I'm at home, how do I conduct myself and my family and things like that? That is more important than how you are perceived in the public world. That's right. In my opinion. I mean, you know, if you can handle, if you can handle your character on your own and, and have goals again, goals that you want to achieve, you know, you're going to be way better off than, than just going through life. For sure. You know, blind. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like Well, uh those without directions perish. Biblically, that's that's a verse. And mm-hmm. so uh Dave Ramsey, I don't know if you're familiar, he talks yes. about that a lot, money guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but those without vision perish. You have to have something, something guiding you, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, spiritually, if you have God in your life, Jesus, all that, he guides you in that way. But uh in other ways too, here on the earth, people helping guide you and all that, it's it's a very important, uh, very important and crucial thing for sure. Well, good stuff, man. So let's dive into spirituality a little bit. Yeah. We're both Christian, grew mm-hmm. up in the same church, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. What was the impact? You talked about um, God had a plan, you mm-hmm. know, for your life and all that. What was your Christian walk life like? When were you saved? I think it was at a younger age, yeah, right? So kind of just talk about your Christian walk. Yeah, so I went to Rainbow Presbyterian growing up, uh, okay. Rainbow Press for okay. a while. My grandparents were big in that church. Um, were you not at Southside Baptist? Yes, I was at Southside Baptist for okay. a while. Okay. I was. Um, but so the Bell family, my mom's side of the family was Southside yes. Baptist. Yes. Okay. And, my, and the Clayton side was Press. So gotcha. Bounce back and forth. That's their family. Was sure. Family. Um, I got I got saved um as Presbyterian um, when I was like twelve, something like that. Um, my granddad was huge in that church, and they were I forgot what church they were. I was younger. I was really young when they came from the one in Gadsden. Real pretty church up there in Gadsden by the by the uh, U.S. Mail. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, a Methodist? No, Isn't a Methodist I think it's Methodist. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, he was the, he was big over there, and then they they went over to Rainbow Press and um, is it the Catholic Church? 
It might have been Catholic. I don't know, dude. I was a baby. Anyway, I was young. Yeah, you know good. what I mean? Um, all I remember is Rainbow Press. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I, I, I grew up here. So went to Rainbow Press, was in church my whole life. Um, you know, went to JSU. Um, and my, I will be honest, my faith back back then in high school, I didn't take I didn't take it seriously. You know what sure. I mean? Um, and again, humbled life. Life humbled me real quick. And, um, you know, I will say over the past couple of years, and I have to give props to my wife for this. Um, you know, we've been much more invested, um, spiritually, um, trying to get closer with Jesus, trying to, uh, study the book a little bit make sure that, you know, we have a, our personal relationship with God. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's big for us. Um, and I have to give her the props for that. She's, she's been leading the way and our family to help, to help, to help me, mm-hmm. um, really conduct myself and try and push for a relationship. And mm-hmm. that's huge. Again, that goes back to having a great wife. Um, but yeah, so uh, we actually, we're back home now. Um, and you know, I didn't want to, it sounds terrible. I, I didn't want the old hymns. You feel me? Yeah. So I love them, dude. Do a lot, you a love them? You still love them? Okay. I love it. I love it, That's man. Cool. I, don't, I don't know if it's sentimental, but a lot of people I raise are like, I want contemporary. I love the hymns, okay. man. I so, love it. And that's, that's but fine. I like both. I like both, yeah. So I can, you know, <laughs> I can go through the whole service with you. You know what I mean? Like if we go to Rainbow Bridge, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. We can sit there where I'm good. I can, I can do that. But Elaine and I, um, you know, we, we started going to Highlands about two and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and you know, so some people might have different things to say about Highlands. You know, we love it. It's been mm-hmm. good for our family. It's been good for, uh, my kids. Um, and you know, it's, it's something that we have been able to really take an enjoyment of on a Sunday morning. Like, you know, sometimes when I was growing up, it was like Sunday morning, it's like a hassle. Everybody, right. You know what I mean? Like trying to get the family together. Everybody's grumpy. You know sure. what I mean? We try and make it a special day, you know, when that's our day. And like, I'm, I usually try and take a Sunday off so that I can be with my family. You know what I mean? And like go to church and unwind a little bit, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like Sunday's that day for us. And, um, you know, Lane and I try, we have the, the Bible app on our phone and, you know, we try and do little, little things back and forth to each other in the morning sometimes. And that's great. But man. we have, we both, we, we do both, uh, I had my Bible, Bible, in my truck where I constantly highlighting, um, you know, we're going through Matthew right now. She's probably ahead of me. She reads a lot faster than I do, mm-hmm. but yeah, brother. I mean, uh, you know, definitely not perfect. Yeah. Definitely probably will never be where I want to be, but, um, well, I want to dive in on this. You said not perfect, but what is perfect? I mean, you know, that that is kind of a facade. I, I, I go in on Southern Baptist a lot just because I know how it is. I'm Baptist. I go mm-hmm. to a Baptist church now. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of, uh, look how I'm doing. Look how well I live life. Look how I follow all these rules. Yep. Uh, when really, and I'm getting better at it every day, is just coming to Christ is just opening your hands and saying, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Like, I, I can't do it myself, you know? And in, gee, God isn't somebody you can hold on to and say, help me and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You open your hands and just submit to him and say, I can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do it. And I think when you come to Christ in that way, that's what a real relationship with Christ is. Yeah, brother. I mean, you know, there's been multiple times in my life where you're searching for something. You know what I mean? You're really searching for something. You're like, I'm doing so well at this. I'm right. doing so well at this. I'm doing, everything is so great. But where am I falling? Like, what is it that I'm not finding? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, you know, there's been times in my life when I'm really struggling. You know what I mean? Like, I really got something going on. And 
the one thing you can always do is, is go back on your faith. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm stressed about this or this or this, like, you know, my wife is, she talks me off the ledge every day and Mm -hmm. she, you know, she's the one that she's my rock. She's the one that says, you know what, maybe like, let me send you this. And she'll send me a Bible verse. And it's like, this is what you're stressing about today. This is why you should, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. like, you can always look back on those things and, you know, whether you're, you're Christian or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, that's your thing. That's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Um, I, I have always, you know, even when I was younger, um, in high school, when I was going, I told you I'd be Thursday night and I'd be in Atlanta at a rave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and I had, I had a lot of close friends with me that were not Christian and they might be agnostic or things like that. And there's nothing absolutely wrong with whatever somebody believes. Sure. Um, but I found myself wanting to get out of that, uh, lifestyle. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And sure. like, it goes back to you surround yourself with who you want to be around. You know what I mean? You know, you're going to be who, who you're around. Well, who you want to be, Yeah, you know, surround yourself with the people that you look up to them. Like I, I, we can, I want to get to that. Yeah. You know, I want to be there, uh, for sure. Going back to a lot of Christians are like that, you know, people that are agnostic and all that, they don't even want to talk to them. They don't want to, you know, I, I think that's such a shame. Um, I don't know. I've never understood that. I've always liked everybody, friends with everybody, whatever, uh, regardless of belief. But I think that's a big rub. A lot of people with Christianity, yeah. they they look at Christians and, and because a lot of Christians act superior, right? Yeah, man. And so I think that's a big deal. Um, and I'm sure you've encountered that as well, counting in your life and all that. Just Christians in some ways. And that's why people have a bad view of Christianity as a whole. Because, yeah. oh, they think they're better because mm-hmm. of all that and all that. Well, you know, uh, no, this might, again, might be terrible to say, but Sunday's the worst day to work. Yeah. Sunday's the worst day to work. Yeah. And well, people reason, say waiters and waitresses, dude, they talk I mean, about Sunday that. Sunday yeah. is the worst day to work. I mean, and it's, you know, you don't want to profile it. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, I know where this person's coming from. You just yeah. left church. You know what I mean? It's like, why are you acting like that? And you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so I feel exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I completely do. You know, and, and, and another thing, you know, the whole agnostic thing, those, those, some of those people that believe that way, they're some of the best people I've ever met in my life. Yes. Um, it's unfortunate because I believe something completely different than they do. Right. Um, and what I believe and what they believe, it, it makes you upset to, to think what would, what was what's going to happen? Right. You know what I mean? Um, well, but, that's, that's the bad part of it. And it's not that you, you can't, it's just out of, you got to do it out of love, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't hit people with a bobble. Yeah. You can't, no, I'm not going to bobble thump you. Yeah. No. Yeah. You can't do all that. You got to love people, love right. them, show them how Christ has changed your life, Absolutely. give your testimony and all that. But you can't make people believe what you believe. No. And I think that's the big rub with Christianity is a lot of, a lot of Christians Push do that. On them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yell, get on the side of the road and yell at people and all that. I don't think that's a really good way to show people the love of Christ. You know, one thing that I've, I've always said, I'm not a big fan at the end of, you know, you just had your service, everything, you know, you just did your praise, your service, you just had a great service. And then like, as a Baptist, you know, it's like, come on down and, and do, you know, it's like, I'm like, my relationship with Jesus is my relationship. You know what I mean? And like, um, that's for everybody. And it, to perceive something to the public that, you know, like, you put a Bible verse on Facebook, but then you leave church and then you go through the car wash and you're acting a certain way. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, so practice what you preach. Um, 
And I think if you practice what you preach, which in Christianity, you practice those things, you're going to be a better person. You're well, gonna, people, you're, it's a very common thing. Waiters and waitresses hate Sunday. I'm telling you, brother, they it's hate not a it, joke. Man. Yeah. And it's almost the Christians that are the rudest to the I don't understand it either. I don't man. get it, buddy. Yeah, I don't get it, but yeah. it's the truth. That, yeah. I, I promise you it is. It's the truth. It's a real thing, man. I've heard of that in account from a lot of people, for it's sure. It's the truth. That there's no doubt about it. So you see that in the car wash service as well sometimes. Yeah, right? man. I mean, you know, people you know, it might be right after church. You know what time church leaves out. You yeah. know what time the, the church is. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, some days that I have to work on Sunday, I feel it. You know yeah. what I mean? There's, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm being serious, man. I mean, and really, that's our time to really show empathy and love to people. Yeah, you man. know, it could be mean, a life changing event for some people. Just being nice, you know, we don't know what anybody's going through. Those waiters and waitresses and all that, and then we treat them poorly and all that, um, gives a bad rap to Christianity for sure. You know, Jared, right now it's, it's times hard. Yeah. On everybody. I don't yeah. care if you're making two hundred thousand dollars or yes. you're making fifteen thousand dollars. Yep. Everybody's struggling. Yeah. So like I really do try as much as I got going on in my life, I try when I'm at work to really remember. Like if I have somebody treating me just not right, I really try and do everything I can to resolve that situation in the best way I can. Without popping off. You know what I mean? Because like it's popping off is not going to help me. I exactly. mean, what's going to go on social media that the manager at car wash just popped off New on somebody? Point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So um, you always got to try and remember a perfect example. We were going off to Orlando, me and my wife and kids, and we were walking in Atlanta airport. It's a true story. It's four o'clock in the morning, dude. It's five o'clock in the morning. It's early. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta airport, it's like, a, you know, freaking everywhere. Oh, yeah. And my wife went up to one of the ladies that was working, Delta stewardess or whatever that's out there, like directing traffic. And she said, hey, where's the bathroom? And she said, in a nice way, she said, I don't give a where the bathroom is. Wow. And, of course, I was like, man, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm about to have to go over here because you're not going to talk to my wife that sure. way. So, yeah. Here's my mom right beside me, and she told me what happened right in front of my mom. My mom's a flight attendant, so she grew up, and she knew she'd been dealing with that. She just grew up doing it. So, you know, my mom walked over there and gave her a little bit of two cents. Um, But it just goes, and by the time we walked away from her, my wife looked at her and said, ma'am, I hope that you're blessed. And I told my wife when we got on that on that plane, I said, you know, baby, you doing things like that, and genuinely meaning it, somebody could... Be blessed. Sarcastic. You know, be yeah. blessed. No, my wife yeah. really meant it, and I hope that you become blessed. Right. And that will humble you quickly because it will make you think, if my wife can do that, then I can do that. You know what I mean? Like, well, if I, I can have sympathy, or she can have sympathy, then I can have sympathy. She said it to her. Right. And I wanted to go over there and just... Sure. You know what I mean? Shake her. Um, You're not going to talk to my wife like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um. But showing grace, showing man, grace, it's, showing it's, grace it's, it's so deal. hard. It's hard showing being grace. the bigger person. It's it's terrible Absolutely. sometimes. I had a situation today. Um, you know, an individual uh, wasn't at work. Uh, some other situation. But when I see people that are mean to me or rude to me um, in any way, yeah. I think now, man, you must be hurting. You must be exactly. Like, you, you're going through something, you know. And when you have that heart, when you look at people from that lens. Um, it really takes it off of you yeah. because it's like, you know, I don't have to react to this. This isn't even about me. Yeah. You know, this I mean, is, this is about, so they're reacting out of, you know, yeah. desperation you what, to get control, whatever. They got something going on. So I think if you view it from that way, 
um, you're going to have a lot better outcomes for sure. I kind of just de-escalated it, left it alone, and it went away. You yeah. know? Now, if I was to fight back at somebody, yell at them and all that, it's just going to escalate and all that into something you don't want it to be. I've found, as I've gotten older, anything to not put more stress on my life. Yeah. I'm going to do it. So, Well, if too, in your position, I mean, people may be trying to get something out of you. You know what oh, I mean? People dude. that don't like you or whatever, for oh, whatever reason. Time, yeah. yeah like, mean, try to get a reaction. Then they can be like, oh, this person did all this. Yeah. Social media yeah. has become, you know, you can Go look at it like it, marketing and like all the things that social media can help you with. Right. But brother, I'm telling you right now, I, I've seen it hand in hand. I've seen social media really, you know, for instance, perfect example. You know, somebody might have a, there might be a, a car wash somewhere around, sure. right? That car wash might have a, or that town, city, whatever, might have a Facebook page. What's happening here? Well, somebody might comment on there and be like, I didn't have a good experience at X car wash. It's not my car wash, okay? Well, then people get on there and they'll start commenting, go to, go to Washbox, tag me, go see Miller, you know, the yeah. hundred great comments on Washbox. But there's going to be that one guy yeah. that's going to go up underneath there and be like, don't go to Washbox. And it's like, dude, there are 40 people that just, yeah. you know what I mean? So like that's, that's <laughs> people on social media don't realize that that one comment that you said, somebody's going to look at that and be like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and as a mom and pop, the huge deal, it can crush a company. It can yeah. crush a company. I mean, if something drastic happens and dude, let me tell you something. Business is business. Some things happen that are just, it's yeah. a crapshoot for everybody involved. It's uncontrollable. You know what I mean? Like, it is genuinely like, it's like, dude, this sucks for you. This sucks for me. It's not good for anybody in this mm-hmm. situation. You know what I mean? Like, there's literally a lose-lose in business sometimes, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. What the public doesn't understand is, I'm always right. I'm always right. I will tell you right now, I am not an always right for the customer type deal. Now. Yeah. I'll do anything I can to reconcile anything. Sure. I mean, I will break a back before I have something go south and it go on social media. But mm. there are times where sometimes the customer is just not right. You used to, that was the way. The customer's always right. You mm-hmm. know, I think you've seen kind of a, over the past 10, 20 years, kind of a shift mm-hmm. in a way. Now, we want to take care of customers. You know, I'm a provider. Like, yeah. I want to do the absolute best. Yeah. But sometimes it's just on, uh, I can't really think of the word, um, you know, it's out of my control. It's yeah. something I can't do, you know, or whatever. And, yeah. and I can't uh, make the customer right. You yeah. know, it's not always possible. I run into some stuff like that. You know, we're an express industry and my tunnel, my tunnel's an express tunnel. Right. Um, And it's changed the industry a lot because time's money. You, you don't have time to go drop your car off for four hours at a full serve. Right. Um, And go to work and like have, have your girl come pick you. Nobody has time to do that. That's right. So time's money. And that's why our industry has become so tenfold over the past, you know, years because it's time's money. You don't have time. You're going to work. I'm going to work. We all have things we got to go do. I can get a five minute car wash, vacuum it out, do all the things, and it looked great. And mm-hmm. or I could go drop it off. It's going to look great. You're going to spend more money, and it's going to cost you time and money. And that's why our industry has done what it is. That's why. It is keeping up with the times. I don't see anything happening with the express tone anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Well, time is money. I mean, now, you know, people want time over money almost. And if you can do something quickly, efficiently, that's what it's all about. People are going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Instacart, uh, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought 
and I have used it one time. Mm-hmm. I had a what was it Grubhub I think or something like that paid twenty five dollars for McDonald's. <laughs> that was like a ten dollar meal. I said never again, never again. No. And I can't believe that people use that routinely. I cannot believe. It's so it. funny you said that because I actually I, I made a Facebook post like two months ago and I said guys I just now realized that if you are getting Publix house drop off. Yeah. You really made it yeah. in this life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course, I'm tagging some of my buddies that I know. I was driving by. Uh, you, know, you might know Dalton Owensby. I don't know if you know him. I he know was, the name. So yeah. He's a real successful uh, welder. He's done real well for himself. And he's driving by his house one night. And I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, he's having groceries on his front door. So I tagged him on that post. And I was like, yeah. get, your, get your milk off the front porch for it spoils. You know what yeah. I mean? Like That's funny. But yeah, for sure, dude. I, oh yeah, I'm he went to the... he went to Southside, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Know yeah, I he's know a really him. good yeah. guy, man. Really good mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, I think his sister was a little older than me. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. good guy. Yeah, good guy. Cool stuff, dude. Um, so speaking of quotes, I have a couple of quotes here. We're gonna dive in on these. I did a little research on the social media. Oh, here we go. So one of these is, no one is coming to save you. Your life is a hundred percent your responsibility. Oh yeah. So kind of explain on that. What does that mean to you? Well, I mean, it goes back to you can fold or you can go. You know what I mean? You can, mm-hmm. you're going to let something break here. You're going to get back up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that quote, if you look at it long term life, you're going to, like I said, you're going to have hurdles. You're going to have things that you're going to come up to when you're looking at it and you're like, there, this is a roadblock. Well, like, accountability. Yeah. Accountability is huge. You yeah. can make mistakes. Everybody's going to make mistakes. 100%. What are you going to do when those mistakes occur? Yeah. Be mm-hmm. accountable of it, make changes, and then go forward. I make, I make decisions every day. Every day, business-wise, personal-wise, family-wise, financial-wise, and I, I mess a lot of them up. You know what I mean? Like, there's some that I wish I could go back on. I'm like, mm, not the right move. You know what I mean? But, like, right. you're always going to have a hurdle. Somebody's always going to be pushing against you to not achieve something. Mm-hmm. It goes back to your goals. You have one thing in mind, whether it, to be successful in this or do well in business or be a great dad or, like, what are your goals? You push for those goals. Everything else falls to the side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like if you have a direction that you want to go and you you reach for that structure and you reach for those goals, everything else will fall into place. Good things mm-hmm. happen to good people. And I believe that. You know, mm-hmm. if you work hard and everything, you're trying to become better on a daily basis, it, good things are going to come for you. You know what I mean? Like, well, good things happen to good people, yep. but good people have good work ethic, mm-hmm. have good morals, have discipline. Yep. Uh, good character, That's you right. know, all that, because all those qualities are going to produce fruitful a things. Person. That's right. A hundred percent. You know, yeah. it goes back to faith as well. You know, all those things, all those things shape us into the men we are today. Right. Um, it's a big piece of us that I think sometimes gets looked over that you need to really take into consideration. The things that you went through, the path that you've gone is not a struggle. It's, it's a, uh, it's a stepping stone to where you're supposed to go. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So. It's a lesson. It gives you direction, but that's the main thing is learn from it. Yeah. We're all going to make mistakes. Don't keep repeating those same mistakes. Learn wow. from it. Acknowledge Insanity. it. Yeah. yeah. Insanity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every mistake is a lesson learned. Yeah. Every mistake is a lesson learned. And even in every achievement is a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Auburn football. No, let's dude. talk about it, let's dude. Not, dude. Let's <laughs> just not. we're already an hour twenty minutes in. I can't believe it's been this long. Here we go. But I'm yeah, having fun. Yeah, this is awesome. So talk about Auburn football, Alabama. I asked this to another Auburn fan. He was on the podcast last. Uh, I'll start with this. Is the Saban dynasty, is it over? 
dude i wish it was yeah it's not though man yeah. it's yeah. not i i yeah. say it every year i'm that i'm not i'm not obnoxious auburn fan sometimes like yeah. there's a, okay i take it back there's a couple of all of my friends in my circle they're bama fans all mm. of them my wife is a bama fan oh wow. okay so I have a bunch of Bama fans around me, and I've always said it is so much harder to be an Auburn fan than it is to be any other fan, okay? Like, yeah. you've really got to be committed to be an Auburn fan. That's I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you've really got to be committed. But old Nick, that man is going to die in his jersey, dude. I don't know what's happening. So, he, is, he is just going to keep going. I will say this, though, truthfully. This is the first year I've looked at him on the sidelines, and I thought to myself, Man, he's getting old for real. Yeah. Like he really is. He's starting to age. Well, he's toned down a little bit. Yeah, he like, has. he's not as fiery. Yeah, yeah. He's still a, he's still a great coach. Yeah, he's still a great coach, and they're still playing great ball. I, I at the beginning of the year, I, of course, I was trying to rag on my guys. I was like, you know, y'all have never lost this early, and y'all, you know, you don't have a quarterback, and mm-hmm. then of course, Auburn does what they do, and you got to shut up because there's so I've really that, been following Auburn as much. What is Auburn? Uh, what's the deal? What do they need to do? What would you say to them? How do you fix it? We got a long way to go, brother. Uh, you know, Gus stopped recruiting when he was there. Just completely stopped recruiting his last year. I don't know what. I don't know, dude. We paid him so much money. It was, if I could get paid that kind of that kind of money to do what these guys do sometimes in the college world, then we'd be all right. But um, mm-hmm. coach stopped. Coach Gus Malzahn stopped recruiting. I think they were ranked like sixty something when he got fired. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then of course, uh. What's his name came in there? What was his name? I don't even know his The guy before the guy now. I don't remember his name either. Anyway. Um, then he had Bo Nix. Harson. Harson. Harson <laughs> came in, and he re- he was like a high school coach, man. Didn't recruit at all. He was literally hanging out with his son at, on Friday nights at his game without going to recruit. Anyway, can't do that in the SEC. Oh, wow. Um, And now you got you got Hugh in there. I am a fan of him, to yeah. be honest with you. If I could go back, and I'll, I'll, you can you can look back on it. I've always been a Lane Kiffin fan. Mm-hmm. Call me what you want. I don't care. That man like speaks his mouth. He yeah. says what he wants, and he is fiery about it. And he's having a great season, just so everybody knows. He is. Um, only lost to Alabama. That's I'm telling loss. you, they're looking good. Um, but I was a big fan of him. But I will say, he's done a he's done a great job with recruiting. He's top ten or fifteen right now in the in the next class. But mm-hmm. we still got a long way to go. You know how yeah. the recruiting thing, the whole college football thing, has gotten way out of hand. I don't. I'm not a big fan. We can. Got to dive in on that a little bit, but I'm not a huge fan of the paying the players. I think it helps in some aspects, but you're giving when you got a kid coming out of high school, 17, 18 years old, brother, and you're giving him one point one million dollars. It's yeah. like, what do you, what are we doing? Where do you think what that are, money's going to go? What are we doing? And it's yeah. like, where if you're giving this kid this type of money, first off, that's that's monopoly money. Nobody has that money. You know what I mean? Especially at that age, nobody unless you're inheriting, you don't have that money, right? So when Trust you fun. give a kid, right, when you give a kid 1.1 or $2 million, whatever these kids are making now at 18 years old, you know, no telling what I would have done if I was 18 years old with $1.1 million. Yeah. Um, and I'm dead, I'm sure not going to go out there and bust tail on a, on a football field, you know, because I've already got $1.1 million. Right. You know what I mean? So That's I'm not a huge point. fan of that. I'm not a huge fan, but I think Auburn's going in the right direction. I think I would love to see Auburn win this weekend against Arkansas. That would be our sixth win, and then we got a New Mexico State or something, which is a good. That's a good possibility win, which would give us seven wins. Then you got right. Alabama. You never know. Auburn what could will happen. have six. They'll be in a bowl. Well, I think. Hopefully, they'll be in a bowl. yeah. I, I told, think so. I texted my next door neighbor, and I after we won last game, and I was like, "Prepare yourself, because we are not about to be the Birmingham Bowl champions again. So you better get ready." Yeah. So this comes out in about four weeks. Your prediction for Auburn's final record? What was you saying to me? 
All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go risky with it, dude. You never know what's gonna happen with that Alabama game. Yeah, you don't. You never know. You really don't. It's at Jordan Hare, I think this year. I think it's at it Auburn. is. It's at Auburn. It's mm-hmm. hard to beat Auburn at Auburn, but just to be safe with it, I'm gonna give Auburn a seven and what is it, seven and five? What seven and six? Seven and six. Seven and five. Seven and five. I think they play seven and games, five. Yeah. So I think I think we win. If we can beat Arkansas, dude, Arkansas is going to be a good game. Yeah, uh, they played Florida last week hard. Every SEC team, besides like be Vandy or somebody, it's going to uh, be a good game. Yeah, if we can beat them, and then we go into New Mexico State or something like that, if it's a very small school, right? Get that W. We'll have seven games, seven wins. I think that's a very successful year for for Hugh. He goes into the off season with some really good traction on the recruiting field. You know, he's going to hit that portal hard. Hopefully, to goodness, we can find a quarterback that can throw the football at Auburn. Um, but if we can handle those things, he's getting recruits in two to three years. Two to three years. Yeah. Everybody was picking Auburn crazy numbers. Oh, they're going to win nine games. Whoever said they were going to win nine games is off their rocker. Yeah. Nobody who ever knows anything about football is going to think that Auburn was going to win. It's just like them saying Colorado is going to win 10 games. It's just like, dude, no, they're not. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's you can't do that overnight. Auburn's mm-hmm. definitely on the uprise. That's Hopefully, great, War Eagle. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the NIL. Yeah. Do you think this is a plot to destroy the SEC? Because these big uh, USC, Texas, well, Texas is about to be SEC, but all these bigger schools can now pay players to come there. Yeah. Right. It's pulling people out of the Southeast. I think, uh, I think there's two ways you can look at it. I think that it is helping get players to places like Colorado, yeah. where. You know, the NIL right now is pretty big. You know, you've got Sanders over there. Everybody's popping off over there. You know, so it's bringing a lot of hype. But still losing to – that loss to Stanford was terrible. They, that, was, I, that was terrible. I agree with you. I, I went agree. to sleep. I was like, I, they got yeah, it. I'm good, yeah. And, and then, then I was just, like, what? I did the same thing, brother. Yeah. Woke up the next morning. I was like, what happened? Yeah, that was crazy. But um, NIL, I have – like I said, I have a mixed bag on it. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the paying the players. I do think it has helped a lot of the players. you got four and five stars going to teams like that – you wouldn't anticipate them that, you know, should be going to Georgia, should be going to Florida or Auburn or Alabama or wherever a five-star would go. Right. And then he just went to Colorado. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, I do think it's helping the playing field widening a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like that they're expanding the playoff a little bit, hopefully, so Auburn can get in there. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But everybody's sick of seeing the same teams on the NF- in the, or in the championship. Nobody wants to see Georgia and Alabama doing it again. Yeah. Or, or you know – but Ohio I think that's State, it. That's why they want to expand the yeah. playoff and stuff. They're just tired of seeing. It's tired of seeing, it. and yeah. these guys are. It's almost like a monopoly now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every, all these five five stars, they know they go to Alabama. They got their best shot. bet is to go yeah. and, and get the shot to go to the NFL. I don't blame them, mm-hmm. and not at all. But I wish there was a way because it, it really is becoming a monopoly. You know, you got Georgia, you got Michigan, you got you know Alabama, Ohio State. Those are the big you know the big schools that right. are getting these recruits, and now it's. It is opening it up for now. It's pay for play now, and and everybody's getting a little shot. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. Everybody knows right now. Auburn, the recruits, Auburn's getting is that they're, they're literally posting on on their social media and on uh uh TV. It's like I think it's called On to Victory. Mm-hmm. You know, join On to Victory. Give us any donation you can because we are literally paying for these players. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I, at least it's fair now. Well, I think I, I went to the Alabama Tennessee game. Good yeah. game. 
Yeah. Uh, and I, there was a commercial on the in the stadium. Saban was like, "Donate now to." <laughs> it's like help us pay these players. Us, that, that's man. the same yeah. exact thing. So a lot of people say that though that they don't like that they're paying the players because it's not for the love of the game. Yeah. Like you go to the NFL, you make your money, you still play all that. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? Do you think it's going to change the atmosphere of college football long term? What do you think? Yeah, we're in a small. Well, this is a small NFL now. Yeah, it's a small NFL now, and, I, and to be honest, I don't know how it's going to shake, man. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to shake. I don't see how you give eighteen-year-old kids two million, three million dollars and expect that to go well. Yeah, I just how are you going to? How's dude? If you give me three million dollars and I'm eighteen years old and I'm going to Jacksonville State, yeah, do you really think I'm going to school? Adam, do you think for a second that that's going to happen? He said I'll be paying child support. <laughs> I mean, dude, that's what he said. He's like, dude, I'll be in trouble. Yeah, yeah dude. Like, I, don't I mean, know, man. talk about that, dude. You can't. Dude, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to work. It's it's. How that shapes out, that is not for me to deal with. That's right. another struggle for somebody else. Thank goodness I'm glad I'm not in that. But yeah, you know, yeah. But that that's there's no. And I think Lane Kiffin came out and talked about that. There's no regulation not at all. Let's just take this money, like take it's all these 100%. millions of dollars. There needs to be some way to regulate this. Apparently, they're already there's kids that are coming out of high school as seniors that are actually saying, "Look, you got to give me two grand to come down there and have this official visit." Yeah, dude, what? Yeah. Two grand, like it's like these kids don't understand. Two grand is much. You know, our people have to work for two grand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna say, hey, Coach Saban, been real. I appreciate you uh, thinking about giving me a full time scholarship, full full ride to Alabama to get an awesome degree. Right. I know I'm a five star, but it's gonna cost you five bands for me to make it down there. Right. Or it's gonna cost you five for me to have 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 an official visit. And that's happening. They even yeah. asked Saban like on a broadcast, like you know, what's happening here. You know what I mean? So I don't exactly remember what he said, but that's happening. That's real life. It's a different world, man. It, it, even since we were young, man. Uh, you graduated in 2012. Yep. I was in 2010. Yep. It's a different world out there, man. But I think social media, it's just changed the landscape. Everybody wants to be an influencer. Everybody wants to do all this stuff. It's uh, it's a different world for sure. 100%. For sure. But sportsmen, we'll see how it goes. Um, Alabama-Auburn game. I don't think I don't know if it'll be out. What's the what's the spread? What's the spread on Alabama Auburn? I don't know what the line is. I'm sure. That I mean, gonna, what do you think? Nah, what do you think it's going to be? It's going to be heavy. Auburn can't score. Yeah. So I, the lines, the but the, the defense you think will slow be, down, or what do you think? Auburn's got a decent defense. Um, I think the over under on that game is going to be relatively low because Auburn can't score and they know it. Um, yeah. Milrow on on Alabama, he's been playing lots out. Everybody was hard on him beginning of the season. Dude's up for like Heisman right now, bro. He's yeah. out here striking it. He had a great game last game, running all over the place. Honestly, well, I think the offensive coordinator finally put him in positions to be successful. To move, yeah. you know, I think Alabama takes the game pretty easily. To be truthful with you, I, I, we're not there yet. We're yeah. not there yet, and that's okay. We're not there yet, and I don't. I don't think. I think all the real Auburn fans that have any idea what the heck is going on don't expect us to be there yet. You right. know what I mean, it's um, if time. we can keep it, if we can keep it a ball game, I'll be happy. You know what I mean? Like if we can keep it within a score. And we have a ball game in Jordan here. I'm down with that because it'll help us recruit wise. You know, Auburn's a great atmosphere, man. It really is a great school. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, I think we're uh, 42 14, Alabama. But really, bro, you're yeah. gonna do us like that? I, it is. They can't score. Come on now. I was <laughs> and thinking, you're not gonna stop Miller on that much. I was thinking like <laughs> I don't know, dude. 30s, 30, you know, mid to low 30s to like. <laughs> Lower twenty. I mean, dude, you just went. You went way out. I'm, I'm a realist, man. Yeah, I mean, come on now. <laughs> but barely, it is. It is going to score, and it is going to take time. Unless there's another Cam Newton that comes out of nowhere. I'd love you for know, that to happen. Yeah, brother. that dude we was an animal. That, hey, I went to that game. It was raining. It was cold. Alabama Auburn. They were up twenty four or three at half. 
And I was like, oh, we got this. And Cam Newton came out there. Now, I will say Mark Barron, one of the safeties, he threw a dot and mm-hmm. he was hurt. Yeah. And so one of those touchdowns was over him, but that that's part of the game. But, man, I, it was cold, raining, and then the Cam Newton came in there and upset. I was like, what? Which Cam was, was it an upset? Because they were both right. No, we were, we were actually the favorite. Okay. That, because Cam, we were undefeated. Yeah. That, I, but they still had McElroy, Ingram, all yeah. that. It was all I that I think team. we were favorite. I, 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 just, I don't know. But I, I do remember thinking, dude, they're about to ruin our national because yeah. it was we were up i mean that was that was a big i think big, it was 24 3 at half i think that's what it was and they came I back see, and i can won see it, the like, video footage of i can see the play-by-play in my head of cam newton in the halftime and what he was saying to the team and he was not happy you yeah. know what i mean but like that again adversity man you see what you go through you that's know what right. i mean like and sports that's it they help you out yeah. they really do brother in tuscaloosa man what a game what a game we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. we got an hour and 33 minutes. This is great. Hey, I had fun. I, I did too. I did. This is amazing, dude. Thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and uh, I end kind of with this for a couple of minutes. You already kind of alluded on your five-year plan a little bit, mm-hmm. what you expect to see, but five, 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and start with five years from now. Where are you going to be? Where do you see your life at, man? So I, I, five years from now, I still plan to be with Washbox. I still try and grow this company. Down the road, what I would like, you know, after this all resolves, my, I would love to be able to make it out of this with something to where maybe I can do it completely on my own. You know what I mean? Like I can, maybe I can uh, make myself successful enough to where I can, I can make my actual dream come true, which would be for me to be on my own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fully, fully everything's mine. Sure. Um, and that would be a dream. Now, you know, it might not be car wash. By the time that happens and the time I make my money, car washing might not be the gig. But mm-hmm. um, keep my head down. Make sure that I'm staying focused on my goals. Take care of my family. Um, keep pushing this car wash game. Well, that's kind of the way business is with entrepreneurial type stuff. You yeah. don't always have to keep the same thing for 20, 30 years. Yeah. You know, you can do something, branch off, add or subtract or whatever. It's kind of a journey for you gotta, sure. You got to make it one way or another. And I'm hoping that, the, that what I'm doing, you know, my goals and, and what I have for myself and what I've set up for myself, I hope that I can get myself in a position that 10, 15 years from now, you know, I'll have the ability to say, okay, Let's roll the dice one more time. Let's see if, you know, let's take everything that you've learned over the past 10, 15, 20 years in this industry. You've got the money to do it. Let's roll the dice. Again, that would be an ideal dream, but it might not happen. You know what I mean? It might be one of the situations where 20 years from now, um, I may have that money and now I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, car washing's not, the gig's up. Maybe I need Mm. to get into whatever else it is dude i mean 20 mm. years from now who knows what it'll be you yeah know what i'm saying but well things are growing so fast you really don't know i mean you really don't know you got to get there somewhere though so my goal my goal is to keep pushing what i got going on and and see where i can shake with it brother see how far we can take the car wash game 20 years dude 50 years old can you even imagine that what's hopefully when i'm 50 years old brother i've got some cheddar in my pocket and i'm having some other kid my age that has a lot of drive that wants to run some washes and do that, you know yeah. what i mean or maybe mm-hmm. it'll be the maybe it'll be my little boy who knows I do know this. He's about, he's 11. He's about the second he turns 15 boys working. Yeah. He's coming into the wash. So, you know, we'll see, man. I mean, you know, some, you got to make the money first. You got to find something that you're good at to, to really push yourself to. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, then you got to take a risk. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the stuff on Elon Musk, but that dude started from nothing was broke as a joke. Then he came up with this 
uh, PayPal, something with PayPal, made like $21 million, took all $21 million of that, rolled it into like the next thing. Then he right. made like $100 million, rolled it all into Tesla. You know, dude just kept taking risk, you know, mm-hmm. like everything, everything in life, every, every decision you make is a risk to it. Yeah. And uh, it's going to have a consequence. We calculate a risk. That's always the big deal. A lot of people are so scared to take risk. You have to. Mm-hmm. If you want to grow at all, there has to be some level of risk to grow. You know, if you're not taking you risk, can't just put your money in a savings account and expect everything to, you got to take risks somewhat anyway. Yeah. People. And I feel like I wish that they would teach that more when you're in younger to our younger generation. It's not all about numbers and, you know, yeah, you know, it's, let's give them some life lessons, man. Let's get, let's get them out in the real world. Show them how to write a check or balance a checkbook or, you know, how to do bills or, you know, like how to live a day-to-day life, that stuff. I feel like that's one, again, go back, but those are the things that I'm able to input on these kids to where, you know, stuff that they're not seeing in school. Yeah. Well, schools, they'll teach you about the mitochondria. Yeah. They'll teach you all all that. But what what do you learn about real life skills, man? You gotta, yeah, mentors are huge, man. Getting people in your life that's going to teach you about real life and all that. You're doing a great job, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, man. This is awesome. Yeah. You did a great job. Thank you. You did good. That's pretty much it, guys. Thank you so much for watching the podcast, The Better Man. We are on YouTube. Hopefully, you're watching on the YouTube space. Like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. You're going to get all of my videos directly to you. We are on every single audio podcast platform. Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us that five-star rating because we give five-star service. Thanks for watching. Until the next one, peace. What'd you think, dude? It was awesome, dude. It was. It was so much dude, fun. Dude, it was good. Yeah, was especially so going fun. into the car wash stuff. I think a lot of people starting out in business and all that, they're going to get it. Oh, yeah.